good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Blacksmith's Furnace. Come on. With me, Pete. Hey, man, that like malt. And you know what it is, yeah? When the Blacksmith's Furnace starts off with a smooth voice like that, oh, yeah? You know, you know. You know it's a different, you know. it's a different thing. The levels, the levels are different. I should have, I should have like cued the smooth jazz and everything. Hey. Like, welcome to the Furnace. Hey. <laughs> Come like some Saturday night radio station um, situation. Just come um, on. Um, you know, you know it's gonna be different, yeah. Us man are coming with that sophisticated talk, but you so still, you know, you, you know you're getting something wholesome, yeah. You know you're getting something wholesome. Yeah, we're starting to get a bit narcissistic, man. Let's, we should leave that for a bit. We should leave that for a bit. Let's stay humble. Let's stay humble. <sighs> I mean. Humility is is knowing what you got, but not mm. not drowning in your own source, but knowing you got the source. Drowning in your source. That sounds like yes. a terrible way to go. <laughs> like drowning in the water is bad enough, or like in ketchup. Oh. Oh, barbecue sauce, that's mad. Oh, gosh. Your funeral will be smelling mad. Anyways, yeah. Yes. Welcome, welcome all. Um, Robert can't, can't be here. Because he is prepping to be away, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, you got you got the better ninety nine percent of the come on, and I say that humbly, of course. Hey, humble brag, humble brag. Nah, well, yo, let's get one started. for one, yeah, one for one, one for one, one for one. Yeah. You got something for me, or can I go first? Um, you can go first. You can go first. Okay, so when it comes to faith. Do you, are you familiar with the term deconstruction? I am, yes. Cool. So, what is your understanding about deconstruction, first and foremost? It's, well, all the exposure I've had to it is people starting to question their faith. Um, and so deconstruction is sort of, as the word suggests, breaking everything down to yeah. the fundamentals, starting from there. Yes, brilliant. Yeah, yeah we're, we're on the same page. What advice would you give to someone going through deconstruction? Uh, I'm going to quote someone, but I can't remember who it was. But he said, deconstruction is fine so long as wherever you get to and wherever you start back from is Jesus. Like, mm. Jesus has to be the foundation. Mm. And I think a lot of the sort of um, stories we've heard of deconstruction so far have mi- that, that have led to people walking away from the faith. Oh. It's been that. It's been... They went down to whatever, their ancestors. They went down to yeah. their hurts. They went down to their pastor. And that's where it stopped. And yeah. then trying to build from there, I think, is, is, is a, it's a lost battle. It's a lost battle. And they've, you know, not not say consequential, but they've ended up walking away from the faith. Um, yeah. But I think you can do the stuff all you want. Um, <laughs> you have to mute next time. Wow. It, was, it wasn't even like a bad one. It was just high pitched. Oh, I have to mute next time. Sorry, fam. <laughs> oh, you don't think I say. Sorry, bro. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, yeah, yeah. So when when you deconstruct, whatever you get down to, has to be Jesus. 
Mm. And if it is Jesus, then yeah, you can build back up from there. And and there, I think there's a necessity for us to not question our faith, but question our doctrine and question where we've got that doctrine from. You know, is yeah. it, this is just the way things have always been and yeah. we take it up? Or is it, is this what the Bible really presents? Is this what my understanding of who God is suggest it should be the way and if not mm. definitely deconstruct definitely break it down definitely go back to basics but that foundation if that cornerstone is not christ and it's 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 dangerous and i think he's the one thing you can't you can't deconstruct christ this mm. he was he lived he was a human being he was a historical person and if you truly believe that he rose from the dead and by that saved you and that he's now Lord of your life, and thus you have to live for him, then deconstruct all you want, reconstruct all you want, I'm cool with it. Dope. I like that. I like that. Just uh, that very real advice of, like, it's all about Jesus. Yeah. People hurt you. People let you down. Um, theology is not infallible. Mm. It's not inerrant. Mm. There will be potholes and pitfalls and erroneous doctrines and stuff but yeah let's start with christ yeah yeah and i think one thing that you you always say is it's hard it's virtually impossible to come to the bible without presuppositions or prejudices and so who knows what those presuppositions and prejudices have affected or have um influenced your current doctrine you know yeah deconstruct and figure that out Facts. um but the one thing that has to remain true, the one truth that is the truth, is that Jesus is God. He died for us, and by his death, we are saved. And if that's not what you come down to, if that's not the foundation of whatever it is you build next, mm. then, then, yeah. Then, then you messed up. You, you messed up, up somewhere. You messed up. So that's, that's where I'm at. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Is that the shortest? Sorry, no, sorry, question. <laughs> Especially from so. you. <laughs> oh, I think cool. so. I think I've got. I think I've got maybe a lighter one. Okay. Um, but so my question is, um, uh, if you repent in the middle of a physical altercation, what should you do? If you are able to repent in the middle of a physical altercation, then my friend, you have got more self-control than I do. You have got way more self-control than I do. Um, I think if you repent in the middle of it, then that means that essentially you're ready to give up the fight. Mm. You're ready to give up the fight. For you to have the conviction in the middle of the thing and be like, yo, I shouldn't be doing this. Mm. Then I would argue that you're you from that point, you're ready to you're ready to give up the fight. Mm. And if you are ready to give up the fight, then just find a way to walk away from it without catching another L. <laughs> Cause you might have to repent again after that. But yeah, like if you're swinging, it's like, no, I shouldn't be doing this. Okay, cool. And just try to block it and maybe put this person into a headlock, put him down and then walk away. Mm. But yeah, if, if you, bro, if you actually repent in the middle of a fight, I rate you. My, le my rating levels for you are high. Because mm -hmm. of all that emotion, all that adrenaline, everything going through you, for you to still be like, God isn't pleased with this. 
I, I repent, Jesus, then yeah, you, you have to turn around. You need to bear fruit in accordance with repentance, mm, mm. as John the Baptist would say. So you, you, you got to hold the L. Yeah. If it means catching one dirty right hook <laughs> to your eye or whatever, you got to hold that L. You got to hold that L. And then you got to turn the other cheek. Mad. <laughs> yeah, this one, this one. <clears throat> yeah, I like that one, though. It was, just, it was interesting because it's like in the heat of the moment like we've we've had those is in those instances like i've had them with road rage instances where it's like oh i'm ready to like i'm down for whatever ignorance you're down for and then mm. halfway through i'm like oh, not really and it's like yeah kind of let, let them go or you know let them overtake or whatever and it's like yeah well it's just it's just wondering like what do you do if it's a physical altercation where you know there, there are consequences to your repentance bro there's there's actually a story. Shobaraka mentioned the story. Mm. Um, I may have shared it on the furnace before, but Shobaraka was standing outside with a few of his friends, and a guy walked up to him, mean mugging and stuff, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, you're that gospel rapper, isn't it?" And then he was like, "Yeah," and then he goes, "The guy goes, so you wouldn't mind me sending you to go see your lord right now?" Whoa. Shobaraka's like. Now I got a dilemma because <laughs> mm, mm. I can either hold my own, or I can stay true to my witness in front of in front of the man. Then that's hard. And so he was like, he felt he he thought to himself, "I'm gonna stay true to my witness." Mm. And the guy like reached back to to throw a punch, and then the guy's like, "Ah, I'm just kidding. I'm just playing with you." <laughs> There was dangerous jokes. There was dangerous Bro, games. You know? Just hyped for the sake of hyping. Um, but yeah, it's like, but then we've got this whole situation mm. where in Atlanta he was getting shot at. Mm. So he pulled out his thing and started shooting back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in, in the testimony, he was like, if I didn't have my gun, I would be dead by now. Yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, it's, it's fascinating. <laughs> fascinated but yeah that's interesting <coughs> what you have done in that like someone Which walks one? up to you it's like oh you're 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 that podcaster that talks about jesus in the how, how would you like go meet your meet your maker i think i would defend myself yeah i think i would defend myself i wouldn't i would try to like swat away punches and stuff like that if i need to try to put man depending on this build as well fam mm. if, if yeah, I try to swat things away and like duck and dive, bob and weave. I don't think I am not built to stand there and take a punch. I'm not yeah. built for that. I'm not built for that. Both my anger levels and my mm. skill set is not built to just stand there and take a punch. Um, so I thought as as best as my capacity and my f- physical fitness would allow, mm. I would try to bob and weave and try to get out of it. Um, but I don't think I would get into a fist fight with him. I say that now. I yeah. say that now. Yeah. You could catch me on a wrong day and I'll be the first person to swing. Mm. I'll say that fresh, I'll say that live on the podcast. Um, <clears throat> but if, I, if I'm in the right frame of mind, I will try not to swing. Um, I'll try to just like bob and weave and just get out of it. And I think if I am able to do that, it will display sufficient skill for you to recognize that, yo, Maybe he's got... Maybe, yeah, because if you, if you start swinging back, it might get peak. Mm. 
because for him to be able to like bob and weave and get out of it and stuff like that and to be able to parry and like it means there's a level of skill there yeah there's a level of skill there that's interesting hmm. no, how about yourself no because uh, i say it's interesting i think especially... you'd grapple i think you'd you take get them down to the floor well no no because i mean if it resorted to that then yes but i've always thought grappling doesn't isn't the best for a street situation because you don't know who's on your side mm. grappling is good one-on-one -on -one, but if i've got you down i'm choking you out and your friends behind me kicking me in yeah head, you know so grappling yeah. wells is good it, it works one-on-one -on -one. it doesn't work if there are multiple people yeah you know? And if there are multiple yeah. people, then you want to get out. But yeah. it's interesting because my mind never, like, even talking about this, when you said Shobaraka, my mind never went to don't swing back. Mm. Does that make sense? Like, for me, my head immediately went to me defending myself is incapacitating you, if that makes sense. Mm. So it, I immediately go to, yeah, I won't throw the first punch, but I'm going to try and stop you and then leave. If that makes sense because if I that that's that's just how my mind went so mm. I never went to it would um show my witness to literally not want to inflict pain on you back I, I would mm. not necessarily want to inflict pain maliciously but understanding that inflicting pain or it will stop it will stop any threat to me if that makes sense yeah. it neutralizes the threat if you are you know if if, if I've knocked your knee backwards and, and you can't walk then I can walk away, you know, easily. Yeah. So yeah. No, it's, it's just, it's interesting because that's where my mind went to immediately. It's, I won't start stuff, but you try and finish it before. Yeah. So I guess it's crazy. your your mind more so went to neutralising the threat. Yeah. 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 And I guess like that, there's, there, there is some wisdom in that, especially if like Zara's around you, mm. then you wouldn't want to run the risk of, oh, I'm walking away, but this person could be following me yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. Putting them in a state where, bro, you need an ambulance, like yeah. chill. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah, I can vibe with that. Yeah. I can vibe with that. <laughs> Good way to start. Yeah. Nah, cool, cool. So um, I, I didn't know that Robert wanted me to make it, so I didn't have anything planned, but... I have been thinking of a couple of things, and if you've got anything, feel free to throw it in there as well. Oh. Um, but I've been thinking, um, as you grow older, what I've noticed as you, as, as you, as I've grown older, I notice my friends, the friend circle, mm. naturally gets smaller. Mm. It naturally gets smaller. And for the friends in the circle, there is an intentional uh, effort to maintain to check in to um, show we care to attend stuff you know mm. um but i think what i've been wondering is how we build um real connection um and i've been thinking of that along the lines of especially thinking along well, along the lines of if you if you imagine soldiers in a war in the trenches that's where some of the strongest bonds are built because the two, the, you know, the crew, the squad, then the eight, the 10 of you are there literally saving one another's life, literally watching yeah. out one another's lives. And that's where life, that's where true, true bonds are built. Mm -hmm. But in sort of the corporate world or in sort of day to day society, 
we're not necessarily in those situations. Yeah. So, <coughs> as adults, with everything else going on, you got family, you got work, you got if you're pursuing anything creative, if you're pursuing anything, you know, and it, you as 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 adults, we we tend to pursue. How do you build those real relationships with people mm. if you're not in that sort of, especially that situation that allows for you to build yeah. real relationships? Yeah, it's ah, uh, this this it's a it's a hard question because I struggle with it. Mm. Um, I struggle with it a lot, and I think as do I. Yeah. You you are absolutely right in that as you grow older, relationships start to to dwindle. Regardless of how extroverted you are, just the realities are, bro. People are starting nine to fives, and that's the that's like one part. Because other people are still doing shift work, or they may be doing nights, or whatever it may be. Not everyone gets a um, not everyone gets a corporate. I thought my headphones went there when you muted yourself. Not everyone gets a typical corporate nine to five, um, and there are other commitments um, that people become, that people pick up as they, mm. as they get older. But I, I, especially for me, I haven't found any alternative to physical contact, like mm. actually being in a space and spending time with each other. Cause even with us, I remember the, the, <laughs> I had to hold myself. I had there. to take that deep breath to hold it in. Yeah. Um, I think the the time when our relation our friendship was like really built was over gym. Yeah. Yeah. Where we were there day in, day out. Like yeah. like we were both training individually but supporting each, each other to train. Mm. And we knew that if I needed help, this person is not only willing, but is able to help. Mm. Um and even having like little competitions and stuff like that. Um, and then that spilling out into like theology and just life and sharing, like spending time with each other's families and stuff. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, it was, there was that intentionality. And I think in line with that, the best way that I can kind of think of at the moment is having some overlap in the calendar. Mm. So even if it's like, a poetry night or a poker night or whatever. I know that even on my wife and kids, um, Michael would have poker nights with his, with his boys and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and so some sort of activity that reconnects everyone. Um, so even when we went bowling, mm. you, me, Gelade and Robert, um, like that was a, was a good moment. Well, it's just like, yo, we haven't done this in a long time. Like this has been good. Um, so yeah, I think the the best way that I can find is some overlap in the calendar. Mm. Um, and so even with podcasts, like, yes, we're coming together to record, but for me it's also like, yo, like there's a dedicated time for me to talk to you guys on a weekly basis. Yeah. Mm. Um, so we're always chopping it up before we start recording. So whatever these guys hear, that's only like half of the conversation. Yeah, um, and that's super helpful in that we're literally dusted all over the place at the moment. Mm. Um, 
you more so than us. But um because you and Robert are closer than yeah, you've ever been. Yeah. <coughs> My wife just walked into the house. <laughs> Hi, you don't need to whisper. Um so yeah, I think I think having some sort of overlap in the calendar definitely helps. I have built relationships through work, um, through different activities, or even like during martial arts, building relationships there where there's some physical overlap in our in our calendars. Um, I think that I can't think of any substitute to overlap in in calendars. I the way my mind works, like literally out of sight, out of mind. Mm. Unless something interrupts me to remind me of, of certain people, if they're not there in front of me, I forget. Mm. And so I find no substitute to to actually carving out time to be like, yo, let's sit down, let's chop it up. Um, but there's not sufficient time yeah. Yeah. to kind of keep that going. Yeah. How about yourself? It becomes definitely a lot more value, a lot more valuable, and a lot more scarce as you grow. Yeah, yeah. Other things pull out your time, maybe more legitimately than sort of spending time. Um, I I had a follow up question before I sort of go into because I I struggle with this as well, and I'm noticing Mm. it more now. Um, but what do you reckon? Do you reckon things like bowling and um, you know. Things like that would they suffice to build those real relationships? Because again, I think one of the things with war is not only is it the physical, you know, being within proximity of one another, but it's also being within proximity of one another under those circumstances, under very harsh circumstances. And I think yeah. that's where Jim provided a similar thing because mm. you're struggling. There, there's yeah. an element of struggle behind yeah. beneath the weight, beneath the, you know, that I think allows you to mimic somewhat what's going on in war and i wonder if that pre- that's present during something like bowling or dinner yeah i think i think bowling is not sufficient or may not be as as um cuz i know i know people who have built i know of people who have built good relationships via Twitter or via social media or whatever. Mm, mm. Um, Another concept I do not understand. Mm. So there is still the element of, oh, cool. there is still that element of, there isn't much conflict. We're trying to build stuff and there's like synergy between us. And so we're just messaging, oh, like, yeah, we're just in the space. Mm. Um but I do think like the softer social stuff is good for sustaining. Mm. So mm. once there's already a relationship there, mm. if we go bowling, then we're almost riding off of this relationship already. Yeah. Um, not so much this is the the place in which we're trying to build something. Um, because yeah, arguably in that space, what you will get to see the most is either this person's competitive side or their lack of competition. Um, But in terms of like the gym, bro, like I'm seeing both your strengths and your vulnerabilities. Mm. And it's the same with war. I'm seeing both your strength and your vulnerabilities and we're there day in, day out. Mm. 
um, and in seeing the person's vulnerabilities, the person then sees how you respond to that. Mm-hmm. And then there's this um, interdependent relationship mm-hmm. where I know that you've got my back and I've got yours. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's there's that. And I think for a, for a healthy relationship, you need to be able to to do life, including emotions, with this person, and have a level of trust and stuff. And yeah, just because I play, just because I go bowling with you, doesn't necessarily mean I'm gonna trust you. Mm. Just because we play pool every other week doesn't mean I'm gonna I'm gonna trust you. Mm. Um, yeah, mm. yeah, yes. It's very interesting, and and I do I do very much struggle, um, because especially moving out, like I notice personally, I'm I'm happy to just be in my room and, you know, be in the house and not go out. Like, that's not a problem for me. Um, but it's like trying to I, I try to call people and try to sort of stay in touch, and mm. I notice you know someone might be going through something, and. Well, what I've noticed is I think by being further away, it's almost as though the relationship has somewhat thinned out, uh, mm. as it were, or, or there's not that much. So, one, I'm not seeing you as much to then recognise that you're going through something. Yeah. And then when we are talking, it's almost like, oh, there's not enough... Yeah, it's like... Because I haven't been there, maybe at the beginning where things started happening, it's almost like, well, you you don't feel like you need to get me up to speed on stuff, and it's like there's stuff going on, but I'm only yeah. a bit of it, and it's just so I I, yeah. I struggle. I don't think I have a, a good solution other than let's go and fight in Ukraine for a week or something, and then we'll, uh, we'll come we'll, on, we'll come back and we'll be good. Tough mother, you got this. Yeah, you know? yeah, and and yeah, it's. Again, I think so. Gems is much, much more better. That like she is. I'm similar to you in that. I'm content chilling at home. Um, I have got quite a lot of special interests that keep me going. I can go down a rabbit hole for for weeks, and then lift my head up and be like, "Oh, I swear, it's been weeks." Um, like I wake up excited to be like, yo, let me research into this. Let me look into this. Let me look into that. Um, but gems where I am very, I can be very like isolated or insular. Gems is very external. She's very much just like, so where I would listen to something on or driving Noah to school, gems would call someone. And that's, that's just the way that she's wired. So I listen to a lot more stuff than she does, but she's in a lot more contact with people than I am. Mm. And so there's that trade-off. Um, and I say that to say, it's, I definitely recognise that that struggle. Um, and I don't know if it's a guy thing. I wouldn't want to go down that stereotypical route of just saying mm. men just don't talk, we just kind of chill. I don't know if it's a guy thing or not. Um but yeah, and I do think as well there is an element of um, preferred means of staying in contact. Mm. Um, so I, 
I've gotten more, I've got I've gotten worse at it recently than historically. But if you if you WhatsApp me or message me, there's a like high chance that you're gonna get a response. Mm-hmm. Like almost you're almost certain to get a response. Now there's a lot going on that I've I've just kind of let it slip. Mm. Um but I actually prefer I actually prefer, fam, there's going to be bare silences in this thing. <laughs> I prefer um, messaging to phone calls. Because mm. in messaging, I am not required to respond immediately. And I can always, like, think about what I need to say and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, and now that I've got voice notes, I don't need to type. I can just lock <laughs> it and talk it and send it. Mm. Um and that way it gives me and the person some flexibility and when we respond and we can kind of keep things going. Um, so I can still take care of the kids and do that. But yeah, not everyone does well with messaging. Some people are like, no, call me. If you want to talk to me, actually call me. I'm like, yeah, I don't, it's weird. Yeah, like, nah, bro, that's, that's, that's not me. I'd rather message you or sit down with you mm. and spend that time. Um, chilling on the phone is a bit weird for me. Um, so yeah, again, so there's that element of the preferred means of keeping in, in contact um, and and the real thing of just time. Mm. Yeah. But I, I am struggling with it. I am struggling with it. Um, there's been many friendships that um, like th- there was actually a time so it, it's so bad that my sisters will call me and be like you, like you're a ghost mm-hmm. we, we don't hear from you and I'm just like yeah because outside out of mind like if if I'm not around you I'm not going to remember to to holler you mm-hmm. uh, when I was when I was in, my, in the very first church that I was in there was a girl who um, I say girl loosely. She was like, she was much older than me, and she had a oh, kid. Cool, cool. I thought you were gonna say she was like half trans or something. Nah. <clears throat> so she was older than me, and she had a child. Mm. I, I, yeah, I was about, I was about like nineteen. I think she was in her mid twenties. Mm. She had a child, and um, we we became friends. And she used to contact me all the time. Um, and I didn't. I didn't take much notice that she was the one who was always contacting me. To me, I'm like, yo, we're always talking. So I was like, cool, like it is where it is. And then one day she was like, rah, so what? If I don't call you, you're not going to call me. And I was like, yo, like, honestly, it's not that. Like, I am just really bad at keeping in contact with people. So like, I, I want to stay in contact with you. So I need you to like, hound me. Bro, that was the last time she called me. That was the last time she called me. And I tried to communicate it, but it just didn't get free. And I was just like, ah. And I didn't realize until like months afterwards. Mm. I was like, oh, damn. Tried to get in contact with her again, nothing. I even tried to reach out to her again recently, nothing. So I was just like, I've, 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 I've reached out and it is what it is. Um, so yeah, it was, which is a real shame which is a real shame. Um, but I do understand 
the frustration of always reaching out to people and them not them not reciprocating it. Mm-hmm. And so I get it. I'm very much like, because it's so hard for me, if I do it to other people and they don't reciprocate, I just leave it. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm putting in, a, there's a lot of mental effort that goes into me actually contacting you. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't respond, I would just channel that energy somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a difficult one. I think it spills into maybe more insidiously in the, in, in the church because there were, there were relationships in church for me that were, I thought, especially as I started considering, okay, I'm going to have to leave church, I thought, no, we'll still be friends afterwards. Like, I had no doubt there were people that I was like, yeah, we'll still be friends afterwards. And you leave church and all of a sudden, because you're not seeing each other on a Sunday, you're not hearing from anyone anymore and that goes on for a month two months a year it's hard to call them friends yeah after that you know and those, yeah it's it's just it's like i think it's 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 especially difficult because especially at church that's one thing we're being mindful of now is it's there's the whole point of it has always been relationships like we believe that's what God mm. wanted relationships and it has to be real relationships it can't just yeah. be Sunday relationships but then I'm thinking well have we got are we having the opportunities to build real relationships you know outside of and, and I think maybe I, I, I agree maybe it's not it's not the right thing to go down a, the stereotype of it's a guy thing but I do think I don't think guys are, are wired to talk themselves into good relationships I, I don't know. I, I I don't. They might have to fight their way into it. You know, I, I I'm thinking, none of my friends that are friends have been friends just through talking. Mm. If that makes sense. I guess as well in terms been, of. Yeah, go for it. Well, I was going to say it's always been there's been, there's been things that we've gone through. Mm. You know, that's meant. Oh no, these are actually my friends. But I can't. There's the I, I. I mean, online friends are a whole different thing. I don't even. Yeah. I don't have any online friends in that sense. So it's just you know. Yeah, I was gonna say in terms of if we take the stereotypical masculine position mm. historically, like hunter gatherers men would go out and risk their lives together to go catch an animal and then bring it back to the to the camp everyone to kind of eat in in uh, tribal situations and even in um spartan war type situations mm-hmm. the men would go out risk their lives for the women and children mm-hmm. still at home and so there was that that cohesiveness that togetherness where it wasn't like and in in the midst of war in the midst of battle we we kind of know that yo i might have to go tell this man's wife that he ain't alive um but also i think um ah oh, the point's eluding me the point's eluding me eluded me um yeah, it's gone. Yeah. 
Hopefully yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those ones where if you're reaching for it, the more you reach for it, the more it goes. Yeah. Let it go and come back. Um, but I guess the, first, the, the second question is, is there worth in... Or can you create... Oh, yes, oh, yes, okay. yes. Okay. I just got it. Um, proximity. Mm. Proximity. Biblically, um, those relationships were so close to each other. Like, they were literally in a specific geographical location. And one of my friends from church was like, um, when they said, ah, oh, to the church of Antioch or whatever, sometimes that church literally only had about 15 people in it who lived right around each other. Um, and so it was a tight knit community, it was close, um, both relationally and physically. Like you could be going to the shops and you just bump into this person. Um, but now, we are very dispersed. Yeah. Like you're coming in from Kent yeah. to a church in London. And so you're driving past all of the churches on the road, yeah. literally to come to this church. Yeah. Um, and it's the same that we're doing wherever we end up going. Yeah. And I genuinely was like, there was one there was one time I was like, no, I want a church that is right on our doorstep. Yeah. So that like I would see the pastor, I would see this person, I would see that person, I could build relationships and we could do these things. Um, it wouldn't be, oh, I need to get here on time to get parking. Like, mm. bro, I can leave the car at home and walk. Mm. Um, and we can build these relationships, we can do these things. And like Leia will always have someone to play with who's right around the corner. Noah would have the same thing. Um, prayer meeting won't necessarily be a, a hassle unless it's on Zoom or whatever. Mm. Um, but if God hasn't got you in a church that is right around the corner and that's that's the situation that you're in mm. and the question still remains how do we build relationships given the, the nature of living now? Mm. It isn't the same as back then. Mm. Um so yeah, that that was the point I was gonna make. I think the the thing I was going to ask was, can you create those opportunities just by being, being open and vulnerable about things? And if you can, is it safe to do so? Yeah, it's it's the safety element. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can be open and vulnerable, but unfortunately, we have people that prey on vulnerability mm. um, in and out of the church yeah. and so there's there's definitely a, a need for wisdom or a need for discernment and wisdom mm. when being vulnerable um, but I guess I almost see it as living transparently mm. um, and the way that I kind of uh, unpack that is if if I share information in this context, which I won't feel ashamed to share in another context, then whoever I've shared it to doesn't have any leverage over me. Hmm. Um, and so even if I shared it, and, and it may be, oh, then you're not really being vulnerable. No, I am being vulnerable. But the reality is I am comfortable enough to be vulnerable in different contexts and different situations. And it isn't particularly this person that I'm comfortable being vulnerable with. I am just in a state of 
being comfortable, being vulnerable. And so I can share with you, I can share with X, I can share with Y. And if it leads into a wholesome relationship, then yes. But if I share with you and then something happens at the back end of that, then for me, that almost reveals your character. Where I'm like, oh, cool. That's how how you're rolling. So cool, we can leave it like that. Um, And so even if I mention something to you and it comes out, then I'm like, all right. I am not, I don't regret or I don't have any regrets sharing that. Mm. Yes, it has come out in a way that I hadn't anticipated. But again, I'm not ashamed for the truth about what I have done or who I am to be out there. Mm. But in this relationship, me and you ain't cool like that no more. It's a hard position to be in, though. It's it's a hard it's hard to to present to to be open like that to 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 be to be willing to be open like that. I think because I'm thinking like uh, I guess it comes. I guess I guess that's the solution. I guess that's the solution because love is that love is you know being vulnerable and in loving us, Christ loved so much that it killed him. You know. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, like we killed him. The people who was vulnerable yeah, yeah. too killed him. Yeah, yeah. So, hmm. yeah, okay. and it's and like there's there's a real like safeguarding thing when it comes to being vulnerable because there's there's a reality of if you've been sexually abused, for example, mm. and you share that information with someone, um, there are like really manipulative people who may try you twist and whatever that information to use it to their advantage. Mm. Um, and this goes for male or female, yeah. like sexual assaults and sexual abuses and gender specific is, it's across the board. Mm. Um, so that there are certain things that again, like you need to be in the right state and the right place to be able to share. And I think, in order to be vulnerable with other people, you need to be comfortable in your own vulnerability. And so there's almost this inner work that needs to happen where you can sit with your brokenness, with your flaws, with this and that. Yes, for some people, like you need people going along with you to be able to do that. But again, it's if you are not comfortable with this piece of information about you going out, then you need to be even more selective about who you speak to and who you're vulnerable with um, because that betrayal will cut much deeper and will have a more impactful (laughs) effect or affect on you. Um, But yeah, I think on my part, there's been a lot of therapy, a lot of just looking at things and going through things and journaling and blah, blah, blah that has brought me to this place where I'm just like, cool, you can go and share it. You will still be a pagan. Mm-hmm. I won't be ashamed because mm. it is what it is and I am who I am and I've done what I've done. Not in a boastful, prideful, whatever way, but it's like, bro, like, yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, it puts me in a space where I'm comfortable being vulnerable. <clears throat> I'm comfortable doing these things. There will be certain things that may squirm depending on the context in which it comes out. 
Um, but yeah, I think vulnerability is something that I definitely want to um, cultivate within, like within the spaces that that I am in. Um, yeah, so like even to that end, when I went to lead the worship, the set the workshop on hearing God's voice. I shared the room with two other youth ministers and just by virtue of conversation and stuff, I was there for three, two nights, three days, two nights. Um, the second day, the guys were already like, yo, bro, like we've never seen someone with a level of transparency that you can. And I'm not saying that from a perspective of Oh yeah, look at me, transparent. Nah, yeah. I'm saying it from a perspective of in me being transparent and vulnerable, it then allowed them to enter that same space. Mm. And so I'm speaking about it from a, from a uh, perspective of facilitating a space where people can be vulnerable. Mm. Um, it takes one person who is comfortable and able to do that to facilitate the space and other people start to enter in with their vulnerabilities and stuff, recognizing that this is a safe space where I can do this. Mm. Uh, and I think that that's one thing that God has definitely gifted me with. Um, just, yeah, just, just talking my stuff, mm-hmm. um, which is helpful. And I do, I do want to cultivate those spaces more where people can be vulnerable. People can share of themselves and especially for my kids to grow up recognizing that yo like being vulnerable is wholesome mm-hmm. P- people may try to abuse it it doesn't mean it's not wholesome it means they are not wholesome mm-hmm. and so we need to avoid them yeah, yeah. um yeah that's good that's good yeah mm-hmm. cool well so I've got a question. Mm. And this question is off on the back of my hookup, but also my sorry, not sorry question. Cool. Um, so what, like, how, how would you, do you think you have been through a deconstruction yourself? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not to the same, not I, I guess not with the same severity as some have. Like mm. the Lecrae's talked about his deconstructing his faith, and Joseph Solomon talked about deconstructing his faith. Now, two very different outcomes. Um, yes. And and I guess mine hasn't been that severe, but definitely, I I, I definitely would say I've gone through that. What yeah. what triggered it for you? You don't. We don't need to go into like the whole nuance or anything. But yeah, I don't think it was one event. I don't think it was one event. I think. I think naturally, I'm someone that's always questioning things. Anyway, mm. um, and I'm always questioning and always willing to, willing to listen, willing to, uh, to. Or, or I always think, I might not have the answer. This person might have an answer, and even if they don't have an answer, they might have something that I should avoid. Thus listen um so it's always been that but it's it's more so consistently recognizing that people are only saying things that they've been told yes or people are not not not, i I don't say that generally but i'm saying especially in terms of um faith it's Mm -hmm. 
for, for the most part, it's been, oh, this is what you received and you're giving that to me. Um, and if I'm to carry that on, I take what you say, I either quote to you or I paraphrase, but I'm giving that to whoever I am then speaking mm. to. And it's, I think, I think for me, it was recognizing that the Bible is the truth and should be the foundation. And mm. so then I was like, okay, cool. Then I need to go to the Bible. And then whatever yeah. I hear, I need to take it to the Bible. And that's sort of been my basis for deconstruction. And, and, and so, you know, coming from what would I guess be a very Arminian worldview, meeting people like yourself, like I am, um, being able to see the Calvinistic worldview and think, okay, does the Bible say that? Yes. Does the Bible say this? Yes. Okay, cool. Let's see what's real and, and what's not and then finding myself somewhere in the middle I think mm. that was in part deconstruction because I just I was given that from growing up you know and it wasn't bad it was just you know it was what they received and whether or not mm. they received you know that we hear in part we see in part so whatever yeah. they received they received in part I can't take that and make my, my whole I need to take that and then you know fill it out with other points other worldviews mm. um good and bad you know because um, the good tells you what you should do the bad tells you what you, you should avoid and so that that's sort of been my thing it's just been a continual to this day you know it's like every view i hold outside of christ being god um and and you know some of those fundamentals that that i will reluct i will not let go of i'm too, i'm fully convinced Christ mm. is God, you know, I won't, I, there's no need for me to deconstruct that, I have no intention of deconstructing that, um, but everything else, you know, from tithing to um, speaking in tongues to everything, you know, I, I believe and I've seen evidence of certain things, and so yes, of course, if I've seen evidence, then again, it's like, I feel like that's a solid enough thing that I don't need mm. to deconstruct, but it's, it's, I think it's, it's just recognizing i don't have all the answers yeah and so always being willing to receive more information yeah. that's helpful um yeah that's super helpful i think on my part deconstruction followed the trajectory of i came to faith and my context was very afro-caribbean mm. i went to a Ghanaian church that had like a handful of local seasoning of caribbeans and like one or two white people um and then getting into theology, yeah. like really digging into theology and being like, yo, these men at this church are on a joke. <laughs> Them man ain't giving us mm. this Spurgeon. They're not giving us this Calvin. They're not giving us this Piper. Mm. Them man are on a joke. Thing. Them man are still talking about your aunties in, in Africa mm. trying to do witchcraft on you. <laughs> no. And yes, there were flaws in the theology and stuff, but I... I discarded the the good mm. with the bad, mm. and I went in search of this pure thing that I thought this this is why it's, it's about the theology. Mm. And then when I got to the space where the theology was on point, I realized that, like John the Baptist's words, "You brood of vipers," it was like, <laughs> "Yo, like." Mm. It's, it's not as bad as everyone's trying to bat each other, but there's just as much corruption. There's just as much wrong and bad going on here as there is there. And I even found that the theology that I thought I wanted was in more 
um, white evangelical sort of spaces um, where black bodies even now <clears throat> are tokenized. Mm. And then that started with the whole, what does this mean? Mm. Um, what does it mean to be black and Christian? Now, I know that our faith supersedes our earthly ethnicity and being a son trumps anything that you can be on earth. Mm. Um, president, husband, father, son, like earthly son, like whatever it is, CEO, like being the son, being a son of the only God is a position that trumps all of that. And it's a position that you can never work yourself into. Mm. You can never earn. Come yeah. yeah. Unless by the spirit. Yeah. And, but then recognizing that this faith has been lived through this, this means, mm. through this skin, through this, um, through the discrimination that comes with the skin, through all the experiences that comes by virtue of the skin, in terms of most, almost every other thing you can, there is something you can change. Mm. If you come from a poor neighborhood, <clears throat> you can work yourself into a better neighborhood mm. and have some sort of a simulation there. If you are a deadbeat dad, you can, there's something you can change about that. Like in every social economical situation, arguably there's something you can do about that. Mm. Ethnicity, bro, even if you bleach, you're still black. Mm. You might be light-skinned, but you're still black. Mm. And your knuckles are going to be weird. Um, And so it's like this thing and this oppression and this history that comes along with your ethnicity is almost like this stench that follows you, mm. which clouds faith. And then it, it, it became a case of, yo, like I was with the black folk, but my experiences, they needed to pattern up. I came to the white folk and my experience was not always, but I was almost like this Uncle Tom, accepted, but still holding a lower position. Mm. and it's like then recognizing yo like these people used the bible to enslave africans but then wrestling with but africans gladly traded them (laughs) and it's just like yo Mm. and then just wrestling with all of that and wrestling with like god like they used your name. Mm. They used, and I, I guess I think the one thing that you mentioned that I'm mentioning as well is the experience that we had. That that experience where it's like, no, I can't walk away from God because I have experienced Him. Mm. It, it it isn't just a wishy washy. Oh yeah, no, bro, like man's bro. Like there's been flashes of light in my room. There's been like stuff that I've prayed and then some random person has come and said exactly what I prayed. Like there's been stuff. And so I'm like, okay, I know that you are real. Mm. 
but this interpretation of your word and who you are mm. isn't. Mm. And so it's like, how do we piece back together something that is that is more reflective of who you are and your heart towards not just me, but the whole of humanity. Yeah. And I think I'm still, I'm still, as you said, I'm still, well, I don't think you said that, but I'm still in that space where I'm like, yeah, how do we piece this together? How do we build something that is more reflective of God's heart towards humanity, recognizing the particular stories within it? Um, I just finished reading this book, um, Reading Whilst Black. Mm -hmm. I've heard of the book before. Yeah. Um, Esau uh, McCollin, I believe. Mm -hmm. And the wickedest thing is, yeah, this dude is an Anglican. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, Anglican things, yeah. So, and as I was reading it, I was just trying to get into my critical thinking bag and just really just thinking around. Okay, so this person, this man did really diligent studies in the Bible in general. He didn't start off by being like, I'm going to be this black, whatever. He just studied in the Bible. And then from studying the Bible, was then able to extrapolate it to a specific in a way that hopefully is still um, true, stays true and still honours the Bible and what it presents. And the thing that struck me was the best thing I can do is not approach the Bible with an agenda. Mm. Recognise that there will be a bias, Mm. but I'm not trying to intentionally lead with that bias. Mm. Um, I want to understand the Bible for what the Bible presents and then pray for the wisdom to see how it applies to a particular. Mm. And so it's almost in a, in a, in a manner that isn't um, exclusively on race. It's a modern question may be, how do I practically go about pursuing a spouse mm. before we would court whatever, blah, blah, blah. But hey, us, man, we've got Tinder. You can swipe left, swipe like we've got stuff we can do. Um, e harmony, <laughs> online dating, Christian, what, Christian mingle, single, Christian mingle, come on, yeah. Um, like there are alternatives that are just breaking norms. Mm. I can either look at the Bible specifically for let me see what dating is saying in here. Mm. Or I can look at the Bible and say, let me get to know God. Hmm. Let me just get to know God as he has presented himself. Hmm. And then in knowing God, hopefully I'll get to understand how this God responds to this particular thing, knowing that this particular thing is one thing in a wider context of my life. It may be very significant, but it's one thing in a wider context of my life. Hmm. Um and then being able to go through and recognize that you're okay. There have been different models of getting married within the Bible, blah, blah, blah. But there's one thing that's been consistent in terms of honoring God, honoring, honoring your spouse, like how you kind of go about it. How am I going to do that on, on, on Tinder? Am I honoring God by swiping left and right? Am I doing that? I say no, 
but you can argue otherwise. I think you're wrong. But um, and so it's like, all right, maybe, maybe Tinder rent the space for me to try do that. Let me try go somewhere else. And then at least then you've you've started to really try to go for God's heart mm. in what you're doing. Um, so that that was one of my key takeaways from the book is your pursue God's heart in studying the Bible, and then use that as a space of not even going from there, but remaining in there and filtering things through that lens. Um, so yeah, that that is not my hookup, but. I did enjoy that book. Um, I did enjoy that book. Hmm. I think the the one thing I would say for someone, anyone going to deconstruction is, it's a subtle yet very easy, I think, trap to fall into, um, to feel consciously or unconsciously, like you have the answer or you have mm. the answer. I think inherent to tearing down everything that you've believed and all your doctrine and all of that is a, again, a, a, a probably very subtle belief that either what you have right now is wrong or you have some belief in yourself to be able to find what is right. And I think the danger that that can lead to is thinking that you know better than others. Facts. And whenever you approach someone feeling like you know better, I think it's difficult to take whatever they say, um, good or bad, in the right way. Because when you when you feel like you know better, you're you know, talk about bias, you're already you know, whatever they say, you already if you feel you know better, have your opinion on what they're going to say and whatever they say, either if it lines up or doesn't line up, you know, it's going to be a lot more difficult to to yeah. glean from it, especially if maybe they are not as articulate as you'd want, mm. or yeah. they're not as educated as you want. Then it's all the more difficult. So that's yeah. the one thing I think I'd say as well. It's like again, apart from the constant being Christ, as much as you can, as much as you can make yourself aware of it, um, don't go in thinking that you know better than anyone else. Facts, you know. Facts. Um, yeah. I think there's there's a saying along the lines of, and I may be butchering it, but the quickest way to stop learning is to think you already know the answer. Yeah, yeah someone said the surest defence against um, information is the presumption you already have it. Yeah. 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 And I guess that's even why they, like, there's always the adage, um, a wise man knows he doesn't know what he doesn't know. And he doesn't, he knows, a wise man knows he doesn't know everything. Yeah. Um, or it's only when you realise you don't know anything that you truly become wise along those lines um, yeah. yeah yeah cool yeah man cool I was good cool, cool. chopping up two different topics I like that as only the heavy hitters can come on Robert was here would have gone down some holes. some rabbit holes yeah <laughs> <laughs> Mad. No, no, no. We love Robert, really. Um, facts, facts. Hookups, hookups, hookups. Shall I? I'll go oh. first. Yeah, go ahead. I'll go jump ahead. in first. Um, Lecrae, Church Close 4, oh, mm. dropped this week. Yeah. I've had that on repeat. Yeah? I've had that on Have repeat. Have you always been a Lecrae fan? I've always been. A, so, funny thing is, yeah. Funny thing is, when I first came to faith, yeah. Um, it was when... 
I think MSN or BBM. <laughs> yeah, back in the days, where I think it was BB- no, MSN, yeah, I think it, you know, yeah, I think it was either MSN or BBM. It might have been BBM. I think MSN was phasing out. Mm-hmm. MSN was like on its last legs, but one of them yeah, used to show thing. you um, what I used to show your contacts what you're listening to. Yeah, 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 that was MSN. And oh no 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 that I, was BBM that was BBM. So I was listening to Lecrae. Computer, yeah. Yeah, I was listening, and I think I think it was integrated as well on MSN. Right. I was listening oh. to Lecrae, and I came to uni. And then I was like, yo, over over the summer, I saw your profile, you're listening to Lecrae. Mm. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, but he's Christian. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. He's like, wait, what? Are you Christian? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were in the engineering um, um, block yeah. in the little lab. Mm. Fam, everyone was just like, shh, shh, shh. But yeah, Ayo got hyped. Just like, yeah, it was sick. It was sick. Um, so yeah, Lecrae, Lecrae. <coughs> so the one one six lot have definitely been mm. on the playlist from Jump. Um, from Jump, they kind of introduced me to the different different people. Mm. So even with Humble Beast, it was through mm. um, the original Church Clothes with Odd Thomas and Bra- uh, Brayley. Mm. I was like, oh, you kind of sick. Let me see your thing. Yeah. And then I was like, oh. Um, so yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been playing Lecrae a lot. I think I kind of dipped after rehab. Okay. Bless you. I think I dipped after rehab. Um, I've been listening to his church clothes here and there, but they haven't, the church clothes didn't bang. There'll be one or two songs that banged, but yeah, this one, the last song is called Deconstruction. And that's where my question kind of came from. Mm. So yeah, he yeah, he was just going through it, mm. and it like his story is somewhat similar to mine, mm. even though it's not because he's on a much bigger platform. He there was much more attention coming towards him. Mine was a lot more private mm. um, and not as hurtful in terms of people's comments towards me. It's more of an internal wrestling. But yeah, it was just very interesting. Just he even said he got to a point where he was like, his wife should just divorce him, cause like he just he was just a mess. Um, so yeah, church closed for yeah, church closed for. That's interesting, cause I've never liked, and I'm so I I was somewhat surprised because you liked Stephen DeLevi and. Um, What's the other guy's name? Shailin. Shailin and them lot. And their flow style is polar it's, opposites to yes, Lecrae. Yes. So yes. I was like, oh, I never would have but, thought. Yeah. But that's the thing. When I started to listen to Lamp Mode, mm. 116 dwindled. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the time it was a switchover. Right. Because right. I realised that there's a demographic that they're both trying to serve. And yeah. where I was, it was more Lamp Mode than, yeah, fair enough. than Thing. That makes sense, yeah. No, cool, cool. I've I've never liked, not never liked Lecrae. Like as a as an artist, as a person, I don't know him as a person, so it's hard to mm. say. But I think he's dope. I think it's cool. Um, I've never liked his music, um, just because of his flow, um, yeah, and, and the content. Yeah. Um, so that's never appealed to me. So that, yeah, but but yeah, no, I've seen the I've seen some of the promos for Church Close for 
So might might check that out. Might check that yeah. out. Um my my hookup is a lot less holy. Um <coughs> since finding out Disney Plus have um all of Bleach. I've gone back I've gone back to the full bringer arc. So I'm going oh, to that's yeah. the for those that don't know, that's the arc that leads up to look that arc following Aizen's defeat, but that leads up to what's going on now, the thousand year yeah. blood war. Um and Ichigo regaining his Shinigami powers. Um so yeah, I've just been going through that. That said, my frustration is Disney doesn't let you speed up watching. <laughs> Disney wants you to enjoy it. It's so frustrating. It's so frustrating because I'm like, yo, if I could times two this, I'd be I'd be happy right now. But you know, nah, bro, fun. you got you got to savor the moment. You got to savor the thing. You can savor it quickly. <laughs> But what I'll say is, if you can drop um, the epi- actually, the season or the episode at which it starts, that would be helpful. So um, Disney Plus do a really good job of actually breaking it down into seasons. So oh, I think it's the, the last season. The last season, which is season arc. 16, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And it just starts off with the Fullbringer arc. It, it has like little flashbacks here and there. You know, um, I think Ichigo literally starts off with a comment about, you know, it's been however many years, however many months since he lost his Shinigami powers um, and what happened, blah, 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 you know. But it, it, yeah, they do a really good job of, like, breaking down. Sick. Season, so. Sick. Yeah. Yeah, I might, I might go back through it. Yeah, my, my but only yeah. problem is you can't, you can't speed can't up Netflix. Yeah, but you got to save it. But apparently a lot of um, filmmakers were upset with that. Were they? Yeah, because they were like, yo, we, we timed it specifically mm. for like for a reason mm. and then you just speed and it's not an audio book yeah um mm. but this this isn't a hookup but if you've listened this far um mm-hmm. you saw mccollin reading while it's black mm. it's a dope book audio book is about five hours deep so it isn't too too taxing um half an hour here an hour there you'd be through with it in like a week week and a half um, it's a good book. I go through mad seasons. The seasons where I'm just like podcast, 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 and then the seasons where it's just like audiobook, audiobook, audiobook. Mm. I'm in a podcast season now, so I still haven't finished Mere Christianity. Um, it's the audiobook I was listening to. But once that, I love Mere Christianity, boy. Yeah, I've stopped, I've restarted it like six times just because mad. I'm like, I don't want to miss out on context. And when it's been a while since I've listened to it, I'm like, I don't remember, so I need to go back. And, yeah. 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 Let's go. Yeah. Uh, cool. Sweet. All right, guys. Look, if you listen to, if you listen to now, God bless you. Thank you for sticking with us. Come on. Holler at us on Instagram at the Furnace UK. Um, you can reach out via email tbsfurnace@hotmail.co.uk. Come on. We are on SoundCloud. You can Come find on. us these Blacksmith Furnace. Just search for it, um, or you can put it on the URL. URL soundcloud.com slash the blacklist furnace don't put an apostrophe in there if you are looking for us on any of the podcasting apps or websites then the blacksmith furnace with an apostrophe otherwise take care have a good week and this is the blacksmith furnace signing out Blah. Peace. <laughs>